0: Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino, and along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, good to have you here with us in the studio.
1: Hello again, Gina.
0: And it's also great to welcome our veteran sports writer, John Nevels. John has been bringing the best in Catholic League sports to Philadelphia area readers for 37 years. He's also an adjunct professor of English and religion at several Catholic colleges, including St. Joseph's University. University. University, Gwinnett Mercy University, Newman University, and Cabrini University. John, we're so glad we could pull you off the sidelines for a few minutes in the studio. It's really
2: fun to be here. By the way, I started when I was three years old. That's why (laughs) it's been 37
0: years. that. So you're only 40. In case people
1: are wondering. John, I I became a sports editor at the Catholic Standard and Times in 1989. You were already a veteran then. Oh my gosh, right? (laughs) I really
2: lucked out in working here. There was Don Fico, the wonderful late Don Fico, his nephew you mark. He said, you want to do it? And Mark's like, I'm too busy. Do you want to do this thing for the Catholic standard in times? And I'm like, yes. I'll never forget. It was outside my house. I'm like, yes. And he's like, Yo, I don't care. I'll do it for free. Because it was such a big deal. John, such a big you don't deal. know
1: this, but I met that man, Mark, last week. That is Holy Spirit. And we talked about Don Fico. <laughs> Hell, you like that. Holy Spirit <laughs> is among us. <laughs>
0: so this isn't just a podcast. It's a reunion. This is a reunion. I like it. I'm like, well, before we begin, I'm going to issue my standard disclaimer here that I am sports illiterate. I get in trouble at Philly games for talking too much. And I'm usually in line for ice cream when the Phillies make their best play. So this podcast is going to be interesting. Let's get right to the sport that I understand the least aside from cricket. And that is football. I did do a little research and we have two divisions in our football league, a red and a blue, right? Correct. What do those represent? So the
2: red division are your schools that have the higher enrollment. And the blue division are the schools that have your lower enrollment. That's why, for instance, there are fewer teams in the red than there are in the blue. Now, that technically could change as schools change, but what they've tried to do is balance out the competition. Now, you don't always see it in the results, but that's what the attempt is to say you have 1,000 kids at your school. You should be in one division.
1: You have 500 boys, or say, or 400 boys at your school to keep the competitive balance. So, John, they've only played about what, two games, league games so far in the blue division, and they're just starting up the division, the red division schedule. Is that right?
2: Exactly. So the blue has already played twice, and then the red starts this week.
1: Yeah. And what do you like so far in each division? Who's looking good?
2: Well, it's interesting, you know, in the red, you have almost always St. Joseph's Prep and LaSalle. Now, when Archbishop Wood joined, there's certainly a strong program. They used to be in the in the smaller division and they've played well. They haven't been able to beat St. Joseph's Prep. Nobody really else has been able to as well. But I think the Prep and LaSalle, and it's interesting because now since 2016, the Catholic League is determined by the regular season championship. So, like, for instance, on Saturday, at Westchester High School, St. Joe's Prep is playing LaSalle. So, in one hand it's a great thing, on the other hand, the loser of that team can pretty much guarantee that they're not going to win the Catholic League championship this mm-hmm. year. Ideally maybe you would say, well, well, wait till the end, but it doesn't work that way. They they you know, work ahead of time with the schedules and things like that. So, you're going to know pretty soon. And St. Joe's Prep is coming off a brutal non-league schedule where they went 1 win and 2 losses, but that was to all national ranked teams. But LaSalle is 4-0 and they have played, you know, North Pan in Hotep, Malvern, Prep, Haverford School, they've done particularly well, so they are really pumped, and especially the seniors. I talked to a couple of the seniors in the last few days, and the time is of the essence for them. If you look at the history of the LaSalle, Prep leads the series 53-36. to 36. There's been five ties, but mm. if you look statistically, LaSalle last won the Catholic League Championship in 2015, so the Prep has won five of the last six. So you're starting to talk about domination there, and seven games in a row, the Prep has beaten LaSalle during the regular season in the 2015 championship, which back then it was a mono a mono championship, one versus four, two versus three in the finalists. LaSalle won 29 to 28. That's been the only time since then. So LaSalle used to be the big juggernaut and they still are. But St. Joe's Prep has just taken up another level and won four state championships yeah. and they're a hard team to dethrone.
1: A lot of Division A players have come out of both of those schools. Anybody stand out in your mind right now? Somebody to keep an eye on?
2: Well, it's interesting. St. Joe's Prep has their quarterback who's a junior, Kyle McCord, who is already a, Ohio State commit. He is a junior and already he, three games into his junior season, he's hit the fifth most passing yards in St. Joe's prep history. Wow. You're talking about guys like Skylar Morningweg, Frank Costa, Chris Whitney, Marquez McCray, who graduated a couple years ago, Chris Martin. You're all top notch athletes and he's probably, if he stays healthy, going to break really that. Yeah, he's a terrific quarterback. He's thrown for 42 touchdowns in his career. 3,715 wow. yards. It's insane. Against really tough competition. You're talking and going up against the best in the state. Terrific coaches. They work really hard. And so you mentioned other names would be like, for instance, Jeremiah Trotter, the son of the... Is that right? Yeah, Jeremiah Trotter plays there. Marvin Harrison's son plays there. Harrison has been all over the place in terms of recruiting. He's a wide receiver and a defensive back. Notre Dame is the latest. is trying to ink him. Trotter just signed I believe he just committed to Clemson. You're talking some big names. And LaSalle has some big names. There's a sophomore mm. named Sammy Brown. He's He's got 12 touchdowns this year already. He was wow. terrific. He was an All-Catholic. They have a really good quarterback, Jack Machita, who's a senior. He's back from injury. Dylan Trainer is a terrific linebacker. Ryan Savage has moved to defensive end. He's a senior, terrific player. It's a junior named Ryan Wills, two-way lineman. A lot of the smaller schools, you get a lot of two-way players, but at the higher-level school, a lot of times they concentrate on one, whereas these guys, like, for instance, Will, and his Abdul Carter. He's a sophomore. He's a lead fullback, good blocker, and a linebacker. So you're talking about some really top-notch players on those two teams alone. I think everybody, you know, has, every team has a, a player or two, but it might be daunting when you take a look at that roster and be like, my goodness, like, up and down the line, it seems like you have, you know, the college Division One possibilities.
0: What's going on in the Blue
2: Division, John? So, Newman-Garetti has been scary. They were 2-7 and seven last year. They're already 2-0 and oh in the division. Mm-hmm. They've outscored their opponents collectively in five of their wins, so three of them would be non-league wins, two-league wins, 154-29. to 29. <laughs> Yeah, other than that... Ouch. <laughs> Other than that, they really haven't played well. Right. They had this Taishim Johnson. He's a junior, 639 yards, rushing 11 touchdowns. He's had four games of 100-plus yards. The one game he didn't hit, he hit 99. I mean, I guess the official scorekeeper, you know, angry that day or something like that, a toothache. Yeah, I'll give you that extra alert But let's pretend he had it. It's almost 500 yards, five 100 yards. Game. He had five interceptions by the, it should be six interceptions by the secondary. This guy, Ronald Holmes, has three. bait Steed, he's a transfer from North. He has two. West Catholic's got a terrific quarterback, Zaire Hart-Hawkins. Kamal Egan's got a kid, Chris Majors, a terrific senior linebacker. And the one kid I really think, well, Bishop McDevitt's got some two. Lonnie Rice, he's a quarterback. He's responsible for about 80% of their offense. It's crazy, that right? Is. And then you have a kid named Tyrone Fowler, who's a two-way All-Catholic for them. The one real quick a kid I want to talk about is this kid, Dan Dutkowitz. He plays for Lansdale Catholic. He's got 35 career touchdowns, over 3,000 yards if you combine the, the rushing and the receiving. And he is just a brute. He is not committed yet to a school great kid great attitude so you have some great players on these teams and sometimes you get wins out of them in terms of the teams but in terms of individual performances it's really fun that's what's the nice thing about watching these games you might go to a game you know 27 nothing but you're watching this tackle and you're like wow this is fun to do
0: better doing. than the eagles right right now yeah, right now. I think I think the three of
2: us right now are better than
1: you. Uh, you get a chance to see kids having fun, right? That's a real privilege.
2: It really is. That's a really great point. The privilege of this thing is to be among people who are, you know, what percent? 95% are never going to play college ball. I mean, even people say, well, they only play Division two. You know how hard it is to play Division two or Division three for that matter? So it's so fun to see, you know, people, their families, and we can get at some other point, the negative parts of that, but for the most part, it's just really wonderful to see these 15, 16, 17 18-year-olds 18, 18 glorifying their gifts that God has given them. They work so hard at what they do. It's tied into academics. They work hard in academics. A lot of them, I don't know how they do what they do. I mean, they practice two, three hours a day. They play on the weekends and they study. I don't know wh- what they're doing time-wise, but it's impressive. And their attitudes, more and more, you know, because of today's technology, there's a lot more interviewing on camera and, I, and I'm so impressed with the articulation, the pause, the penchant to laud their teammates. Somebody gets two tight sounds that always the kid will be like, oh, my offensive line did this, or kid gets a great interception and he's, oh, yeah, but my defensive end blocked this. It's wonderful to see that they understand the big picture.
1: I see that often in our coverage in CatholicPhilly.com. We have regular sports coverage, which is rather unique in the Catholic press, but we get to hear these kids giving credit where it's due to their teammates, their friends who are really making the block or making the play that sets up the touchdown. They never fail to give credit where it's due.
2: Yeah, that's and that's really at the end of the day you know, why people are proud, you know, A real quick vignette that I think kind of encompasses all that that I've ever covered. It was years and years ago, and it was a brutal loss by, I believe, Archbishop Bryan in a Catholic League championship game. It was muddy. It was cold. And I remember thinking, I hope this coach doesn't have a lot to say. And a guy named John Quinn, who's now deceased, comes into the huddle. And these kids are upset. They're bloody. And he says, gentlemen, if this is the worst thing that will ever happen to you, you will have lived a charmed life. And he said a Hail Mary. And I thought to that myself, mm-hmm. that's the greatest speech I've ever heard. Because imagine the three of us sitting here right now going, you know, the worst thing ever happened to me when I was 17, I lost the champion. He's like, really? Yeah, You've had, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a pretty good life.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, John Neville, thank you so much. We're out of time, but will you come back so that we can take a look at what is Catholic sportsmanship? You've touched on it there, but let's break that open a little bit in our next session. Sound good? I would love to do it. All right. Thanks so much. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you.
1: Transforming Lives, that's what the Society of St. Vincent de Paul of Philadelphia is all about. Called to service by our Catholic values, we work directly with our neighbors in need to help with the most basic necessities. Our lives are transformed, as are hopefully those we serve. Visit svdp-phila.info to see how you can join with us to help. That's svdp-phila.info.
0: This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com, music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.